Welcome to Manifest Christianity, a tangible Christian life for the modern-day Christ follower with Cephas Crosslit. Hey everyone, thanks so much for taking the time, taking a risk to click on my podcast. You read a little bit about the description, hopefully, and now you're listening to me. And so thank you so much. This is my first episode. I've been wanting to do a podcast for years now and uh, finally got the opportunity now. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get something out of this. And I'll leave a, I'll leave something at the end uh, so you can contact me and leave some messages if you want. So um, first episode. So let me just in- introduce myself. Of course, Cephas Crosslet is not my real name. And the reason why I'm doing that is because, yes, I am a Christian minister and I am in a church working and it is a liability issue. The things that I will talk about on this podcast is definitely a conflict of interest in theological terms, I feel, uh, in the most way in my church job. So that's why I'm using a pseudonym. Also, this is the book that I'm writing. And for this book that I'm writing, I'm using a pseudonym, Cephas Crosslet. How do you like it? Message me, let me know. By the way, um, once again, if you have any questions about anything that you listen to, please ask me. You want to poke holes at things that I say? I love it. And, and I, just, I just ask for an open mind, an open heart. Um, let me just get right into it. This... This is a book that I've been writing called Manifest Christianity, a tangible Christian life for the modern day Christ follower. And that title alone is a a mouthful. It is, it is almost a book full right there. It is a book full. That's the title of my book that I have never published, but I am starting to get back into editing everything and ironing out all the little creases. But this is a book that I've been writing um, throughout my life. Um, Some history about myself. I've been in vocational and bivocational ministry for since 2002. Right now it's 2020. Oh my gosh. It's been a long time. I just actually had a realization moment right there. Live on this podcast. Wow. I, you know, I, you always write that on a resume or something, but when you say it, it's, it's different. Hey, maybe some of you have been in ministry for way longer. So good for you. But for me, wow. I grew up in a Pentecostal holiness family. My dad is, he was a pastor. We were sent up to Alaska when I was in fourth grade. And he was commissioned to plant a church up there. And so he did. And um, I got to grow up. um, And by the way, I'm Korean. Sorry. And so it was a Korean church, by the way. So Pentecostal holiness, mix it with a little Korean culture. And you got got something special there. And so uh, by the... As I talk, I feel a lot of you listening will slowly turn off this podcast because you will soon listen to what I'm really about. And if that description alone on my, on the podcast wasn't enough to deter you, if you are of a certain ilk of Christianity, 
uh, the way that I talk and the things that I talk about might. But if you still keep listening to me, I love it because I don't talk this way to deter people or to be in opposition. I just want to talk what I want to talk about. And I, and I love people who are different. Anyways, my father was a pastor. He was a church, a church planter. He was commissioned to plant a church in Alaska, a Korean church, by the way. It was not a lot of Asians up there. So I've dealt with a lot of prejudice, a lot of racism, of course, even today, but not as much as when I was growing up in Alaska. A lot of country type of culture up there. But anyways, um, I couldn't understand the Korean church stuff because I couldn't understand Korean. My dad would only give us sermons in Korean. There was no youth group. There was no children's program. And even if there was, they they tried, but you know, it was just me and my brother, really. So it didn't work. So I was sent to another church. And this church was kind of um, down the street from where I lived. And so they were like, hey, look, you can't understand Korean. We'd rather you go to a church that you understand English. So just go to this church. And it was a, an assembly of God church. I didn't know until, you know, I kind of did the research as I grew up and remember the names and all that. And so that was an interesting thing too. And so I grew up in that kind of culture. Um, I walked away from church and all that stuff as I got into college life. My parents uh, moved out of Alaska and they moved down uh, back to California and they continued to do ministry down here until my dad was commissioned to uh, kind of fill in a, a position in Chicago as a pastor. And so I stayed in Alaska until I messed up a lot, got into a lot of trouble, moved back to L.A., Continued to attend the Pentecostal Holiness Church that my parents raised me in practically, that I was raised in, and it was a pastor's kid, a PK in. So I all that stuff, uh, praying in tongues. I got stories for days, so listen to the podcast and ask questions if you want. I got lots of stories. Um, where was I? I came down here to LA, was involved with the Pentecostal Holiness Church, and then... I became a licensed minister in the Pentecostal Holiness Church. And so that's when it got serious. When I became licensed in the Pentecostal Holiness Church, I was in a Bible college called Life Pacific Bible College in San Dimas. It's actually a four-square Bible college, which is more Pentecostal theology, if you can think about it more. I got a lot of stories of what happened, but the Pentecostal Holiness Church was not for me. I stepped down after seven long years of serving as a full-time minister, okay? My first ever church job. I quit, basically. I walked away. It was too much, and I could talk about it for days. Now it'll be a whole episode or a series, maybe. Um... But while I was while I quit, I was halfway through my seminary degree in Fuller Theological Seminary in my Masters of Divinity degree. Put a lot of money and time into it already. I, I was still interested in that stuff. And so me not working at a church for the first time in many years at that point, um, found a position at a Presbyterian church, another Korean Presbyterian church, but this time as an English-speaking ministry pastor 
and a young adult pastor and a college pastor and a youth pastor all bundled into one. It was great. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, it was Presbyterian church, very, very conservative. It was a Korean Presbyterian church, very uh, um, Westminster-ish. They kicked me out because they changed leadership and they wanted someone from Westminster, not someone from Fuller, basically. And that's fine. I was mad back then, but it's okay. I understand now how it is. I found a job at a Methodist church in LA, a UMC, a, a United Methodist church as a college pastor. It was, it was redeeming. Um, it was great. Um, and I graduated a Fuller Theological Seminary and here I, here I am. Um, I thought I was, I so while I was at this UMC, um, things happened. The, the ministry I was involved with, they, they closed down. So I became an interim youth pastor of the Korean church of the UMC over there. And then I became um, the education director, which was, it was crazy. I was the young adult pastor. I was a college pastor, youth pastor, and children's pastor, all bundled into one at that point. And because we didn't have many teachers and I was the education director. Um, I got paid jack squat, of course. I mean, I, they, I got paid, but basically they got me at the most discounted rate. It was sad, but you know, I have another job, so it was cool. Um, at that point, um, I just gave up on the pastoral candidacy, which means I stopped wanting to be an ordained pastor at that point. I was, and I'm still just happy to be a bivocational minister that, that, you know, I went to school to be a senior pastor, but it's just not for me. And I'll talk more about that in this podcast, of course. And of course, this is the first episode. So let me just kind of spill a little more about my background so you know, and then I'll talk a little bit about the manifest Christianity. So just, I just kind of want you to understand my background. So. I stopped uh, a pro, uh, a pursuing ordination with the UMC, which would have been the best. Really, UMC gives the best retirement package, if you didn't know. They got great uh, hiring packages as well. So I gave up all that. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And now I am still at, I am at a different United Methodist Church right now. And I am serving as also once again just um a part-time minister at as a at a ministry and i love it my, my other job i've been working for the past like over over a decade now um, in the entertainment industry i'm a music producer i'm an actor i'm a voice actor um i'm a producer i mean you know I, i've done a lot of stuff so I'm a lot of things. Um, I, I, I love my life. I love that I'm able to do church work. It's something that was, that is in me, something about how I am made and built or something. It's just part of my nature to be in that kind of work. And so I'm glad that I can do it and I made it work for my life. And at the other part of my life, I get to be an enter in the entertainment industry, which is awesome. I get to work on a TV show as a regular, not as an actor, but I get to work on the set with the actors, like right there with the camera guys and the directors and everyone. And that's my other job and I love it. And so 
Um, as far as my theological leanings, definitely not conservative. So that's what I was talking about. A lot of you might be pushing stop by now or just saying, oh man, this guy is starting to sound a little, getting a little too, yeah, going that way, huh? Yeah. Um, I lean towards liberal uh, theology, a little more liberally, if that's the way to say it, theologically. I hold a lot of things loosely, which I will, I will explain why. And um, hopefully you can listen and enjoy things. And, and if all of that, that I said at the end of all of my kind of history and my background didn't deter you at this point, let's get right into it. All right. So I hope you know that I have a few years of understanding Christianity and how it works in people's lives. You know, you're not just a pastor for that many years of different types of ministries, different types of age groups for that many years. You're not just babysitting. It's not just like, oh yeah, you're a pastor for the, for you were a pastor for 10 years. Okay, great. It's not just great. It's like, oh wow, you actually continue to be a pastor more than the first three months that you started because that would have just took everyone out like, hey, I don't want to do that. You passed the two-year mark, the three, the four-year, five-year mark, and you stuck it through and you're still a pastor. Wow. And so that's kind of what I wanted to kind of bring forth as I talk about this material. And no, not only am I a pastor and I come with that kind of experience when I talk about these things, I have studied and researched what I my fill of things. And I still continue to read books and study and um and and I, I join in academic discussions many times about theology and what's going on these days. And so I feel I have I have a lot to say. So what is this podcast about and who is this podcast really for? I would say who it is for is really for anyone. But what I want to, to do, right? Like, what is this all about, right? What I really want this podcast is what the book was all about, okay? So I wrote this book called Manifest Christianity that I'd never published and it's not finished being written. But I just have the conclusion to write. But I wrote this book because after so many years of serving as a pastor in all these capacities, what I have just constantly run into, and I still run into these days, is that people don't know what the heck, and I'm sorry, what the hell people are saying in Christian jargon and vocabulary these days. Or have they ever in the past 10, 20, 30, 40, it's like, the things that they say, you're just like, yeah, I I get it. I I understand this thing that you're saying, Mister Pastor. You know, standing up there, you know, speaking, or the guy, you know, speaking as facilitating the Bible study. You know, all this stuff. It just doesn't make sense. Okay, and what do I mean by that? Okay, what do I mean? By... I don't want to go super deep, but the, I I want to give you something for being a for listening to my whole history and like we're almost like 20 minutes in and um so here's what i'm talking about 
even when I, before I got into Bible college, before I got into ministry and all that stuff, the only reason why I, I, it worked for me so well, and what I mean, what worked, the reason why Christianity worked well for me was because I was raised in that. And so I, at that point, I knew the words to say. I knew the right things to do. I've been there. I've experienced it. I've seen it happen. And I knew the protocol and all this stuff. And it, wor it worked. It worked out well. And I've seen it from the other side as leadership as part of that church and see how the inner workings kind of are. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I get it, how it works. It's a good little system they got. But in the end, you know, you got a group of people that are always kind of like they go to church for some reason. They listen to the word. They go through the motions. They, they, they do their darndest to do what the people in the church tell them that they ought to do to either show evidence of or, or, or find for themselves something with that, that has to do with the divine. God, okay? Jesus. Yet, it never made sense. And for me, it never made sense. Like, deeply. Like, like I, I really, I know there was a phase or moments in my life where I convinced myself that it made sense. But, in the end, it was one of those things where I was like, I just kept holding on to it. But I'm like, man, I got I to gotta let go of it one of these days because I'm just holding on to it. But I'm still not convinced. And so this book is for those people. I, I feel so... My heart goes out to so many people out there who have been turned away by churches mainly the people in the churches and then sad to say in a lot of cases the pastors of the churches the, the leaders of these churches people have been turned away they have been turned off by them because just things that they say just don't make sense and in and things that they say encroaches upon their very being as a person and you're just like yeah great like i get it you have a point of view and if it clashes with mine, that's great. But it, it, at the end of the day, no one knows what they're talking about. So why bother over the details over certain things when that doesn't lead into what the greater picture is, which is coming to God, coming to a, a oneness, a love, you know, the, the things that you see uh, when you read the Bible. So this is for those people. So if this is you, if you're one of those people listening to me right now and you have been trying to find a Bible study or you have been trying to find a church or a group, a small group or someone like a chat room or something, a Zoom group, something that isn't just your run-of-the-mill, same old 
phrases, same old things that you have heard since the 80s and the 70s and 60s that they're saying the same old thing over and over and it still doesn't make sense. If that's you, then I hope the things that I say does make a little bit more sense to you. And I'm not trying to convince you that those ways are bad and those ways are not the real ways or those are ways. And what am I saying? Like quote unquote ways, right? That those views or those perspectives, right? Aren't the, the, the ones to, you know, hold in high regard compared to what I'm saying. I'm just saying, this is my view. This is my perspective on all this stuff. So let this also be a disclaimer. I'm not here to educate you. I'm not here to convince you, the listener, to be a Christian or to follow my way because my way is right and other ways are wrong. That's not my what my intentions are at all and that's not what I in, intend to do. And so please let this be a disclaimer for that and please uh, do not blame anything on me if I'm saying anything else like that. Um, this is for someone who you believe that you're a Christian. Who am I to, t- to tell you you're not? And if you think that you're a Christian and I can't tell you that you are or not, right? And everything out there hasn't been making sense. I hope the things that I say makes a little bit of sense and I hope it helps you on your faith journey. All right? So this is for you guys um, and girls. And if this is somebody listening to me and you are very skeptical, I hope you are. I, I need people like you in my life because I am like that to other people in their life. And I, I hope people like that are like that to me. And the reason why I'm skeptical to certain people in my life are because those certain people in my life, I hold to high regard because they have perspectives that I feel that, wow, those kind of challenge my perspectives. And that I would love to have dialogue and conversations because maybe I'm not seeing something clearly. And so let me kind of poke holes at that. And so please, um, I, I would love to get messages. Um, but please, I, I'm not trying to argue with anyone theologically, politically, in Anyway, I'm not trying to argue. So if you ever send me messages trying to ask me to prove theologically what I said, this and that, oh, that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to go through that. I'm not going to go through that. Look, if you're a a master's of divinity, you graduated theology seminary, a theological seminary, you have a PhD or demon or, uh, you know, THM, whatever. Hey, great. Good for you. You did the education. So did I. Let's leave it at that. We all know that sources are their own echo echo chambers. And unless you want to check the other sources genuinely with an open heart and open mind, with as much of a clear slate in your head as you can and and take it in of the opposition's points of views, unless you can really do that, you know, it's not worth any back and forth. So please... I'm not in it for the argument of theology. I'm not in it for the argument of what's right and what's wrong in the Bible, in the churches. If this isn't for you, please just don't listen. I'm cool with that. You know, this is for the people who really need to listen to something like this. This is this is for people who you feel like you have been rejected by churches because they don't care about what you about how you want to take it in. And this is not about that passage in the New, in the New Testament, or, you know, in, in those days, you know, they will only want to hear what makes their ears tickle. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm talking about churches have always known that the things that they say makes no sense to a culture like like today, the modern culture. It makes no sense, yet they don't want to put in the time, they don't want to put in the effort and, and take risks to see if they could try it a different way, to see if they could make it work for them because you got to contextualize it, right? Or do we just kind of just stick with, oh, it says it in the Bible, so you better b understand it and believe it, even though it's culturally and in in chronologically set apart from you in so many ways that it is almost <laughs> impossible to understand, right? So this is for this is for those people who you feel rejected by those churches who who failed at putting in the time to try to make it make sense to you rather than using their ages old decades old vocabulary and the and the phrases they they always use and thinking that that'll make a difference. You know what I'm saying? Like there are some phrases and old sayings that go way back and you're like, there, there comes a point where it just stops making sense and it just starts becoming like a slogan. It starts becoming like an old ad and you're like, oh gosh, I don't want to hear this anymore. I, I, I hope you know what I'm talking about. Like have, you've heard some ser sermons so many times, like the moment you hear a certain word, you're like, oh gosh, not this sermon again. Like. I want to believe that they have a different twist to this sermon. And then you get to it, you're like, oh, gosh. All right, got to give it to the guy. He was just putting in his week. <laughs> so, um, man, that was a long disclaimer. Here we go. Manifest Christianity. Wow. That took about um, 30 minutes, but that's okay. Thanks for sticking in there. That was my history, my experience. And a little disclaimer, all right? Don't come after me. Um, only come after me if you're if you have interest, genuine questions. You know, you want to be open and you want to kind of have a a safe, genuine dialogue, not an argument, not trying to proof, you know, fact check me or do. I, I'm not for that. The moment I see something like that in a conversation, I'm just I just leave it alone. It's kind of ghosted, okay? Because I'm like that, okay? Manifest Christianity. A tangible Christian life for the modern day Christ follower. Wow. And what I'm doing right now, I'm looking at the book. Exactly. The book that I wrote. Okay? So, I'm going to go through the table of contents with everyone. So, I hope you're listening. Introduction. Covering the base. Manifest Christianity. Absorb. Contextualize, envision, manifest. So, um, also, I, I, I just decided um, at the end of my podcast, which I'm trying to shoot for about an hour. At the end of my pod, at the the last part of my podcast, I will be doing as a quick Bible a Bible study. Why not, right, guys? Why not? Here we go. So, um, I kind of feel like I said a lot of the stuff that I wanted to say. So, you who are listening, I hope for some reason you are still seeking God. 
And I don't know how you want to view God, okay? I, I, I'm talking about the God that is seen in the Hebrew scriptures, the Bible, the Old and New Testament, okay? Um, I hold loosely to the Apocrypha. I think the Apocrypha isn't as anathema as uh, as bad as people say it is. I love reading the Apocrypha. In fact, it enriches my faith, I feel. So, um, yeah, there's that. Um, so, you are a Christian, but it's hard for you to see things in your life that are Christian. I hope that makes sense. Hmm. Let me try to say that again differently. You are a Christian. Agree or not. Agree with this statement or not. I'm sorry to just kind of ramble on out of nowhere, but yeah, agree with this statement or not. And if you agree, then something. And if if not, then something. But it's just kind of you're in you're in this train of thought of mine. Um, you call yourself a Christian, whether a pastor in the past or some guy that you hold high regard to as a faith leader acknowledges you as a Christian or not, okay? You as a Christian have a hard time seeing Christianity manifesting in your life. Eh? <laughs> so Sorry. But that's, that's the kind of question that do you agree with that or do you not agree with it? Hmm. Let me ask that question now that I have a have it a little more solidified after I'm kind of speaking it out, right? Do you as a Christian have a hard time seeing Christianity manifesting in your life? Ooh, that's what I'm talking about, right? Because if you are, then maybe you need a little help. And I'm not saying that the, the way that I'm going to talk about is the best and the main way, but it is a way, all right? Just as in there is no such thing as a theology, right, that covers every known thing. There are theologies. So I have an approach. Not the approach, an approach. Um, you know, it, it's hard to see your faith manifesting in front of you. And what what do I mean by manifest? I, I met. I basically mean having something. Hmm. Let me see. The term manifest is defined as readily perceived by the senses or in other words, 
an occurrence that is instantly acknowledged. Interestingly, the definition in Merriam-Webster's adds, and especially by the sense of sight, which denotes a recognizable, tangible object. And so, um, what do I mean by Christianity? I, I just mean Christianity and Jesus Christ. That's what I mean. So manifest means to kind of instantly acknowledged, occurring in front of you, tangibly. In Christianity, I mean Christianity and Jesus Christ. Uh, the figure of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son, and the divine trinity from God the Father, and one with the Holy Spirit who was born of the Virgin Mary, who as foretold by the prophets and promised to bring forth the kingdom of God on earth. And once again, I don't want to make this into like a theology book for you to argue with me or not of what do I believe about who God and Jesus are, but there are thousands of books out there and thousands of podcasts you could do that with, all right? I'm not, I'm not about that. That's boring after a while, okay? So you do your own research, okay? And come back when you're ready. But um, manifest Christianity means to bring forth to the forefront of your life the faith that has been growing as you mature in your walk with Christ. It's faith instantly acknowledged and tangible in life. Let me say that one more time. Manifest Christianity is bringing forth to the forefront of your life the faith that has been growing as you mature in your walk with Christ. Faith instantly acknowledged and tangible in life. How's that for a mouthful? Hmm. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, and if it doesn't, keep on listening to my podcast. Uh, you know, I can't talk about everything in one podcast does that even make sense how am i gonna keep my series going how am i gonna have you keep uh listening to me right come on now thanks for sticking in through this long how about a little bible study soon right let's go do some bible study but first um let me just really quick um let's talk about the things that uh i see in in the news what about that? Is that okay? All right, here we go. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oof. Rest in peace. but good things to say so we'll leave it at that um pandemic is still happening you, you hear news about people saying you know it's kind of dying down but it's still out there i'm about to go back to work soon scary because i got two kids in the house I got old people living with me where I live with the in-laws, so it's scary. Um, yeah. 
Um, just to touch up on manifest Christianity before we move on to a quick Bible study before we end. Um, it's it's not about it's not about that you you. I just want to kind of give someone who's listening just the assurance because I want to talk about a lot of stuff, but once again, I can't say everything right now, but if you're going through something, right? Uh, and I mean, in the sense of what this show is about, if you're going through something like you, you want to follow Christ and it's just hard because you want to see it. You want to see it so bad. Like you're like, man, I've been trying, you know, like, and, and you go through And once again, I've not been trying by my will, but by God's will. And that's what I'm talking about. The vocabulary. It's like, what do you mean? I've been trying and I'm not trying. I'm trying by my will and not by God's will. And I have to rely on God and not my, that is so confusing. Okay. That is just so confusing. Let's just be honest about it. Let's be honest about the fact that when we hear that at churches, yeah, we all want to nod. We all want to look over and be like, wow, are these people really buying that? Okay, if they buy it, I better buy it because they must believe that this is real. And I'm not saying it's not real, but man, that is just so confusing. Come on now. Trying. Not with my own power, but with God's power. Like, where does that even like, bro? Dude, it's confusing when a pastor, when a Bible study leader, when some worship leader after some big old emotional high off of singing something together as a big group at a concert, you know, after all that, they say something like, you got to stop trying to live this life on your own and you got to give it up to And you're like, yeah. I got to stop living this life or trying to figure. I got to stop trying to live this life on my own power. And I got to give it up to God. Am I hitting a nerve with someone? Does this, does this ring a little, does this ring a little thing? Come on now. You can't tell me that you have never thought about that. You cannot tell me that that has never crossed your mind. This whole thing about don't be, don't do it on your own power, do it in God's power. Like, what are you doing? And so in, in implying that if I am trying to live my life and trying to pursue some kind of lifestyle, like, like a holy lifestyle, you know, just one of those people, I'm just trying to live my life to you know just really be a good person and and really you know be like Christ in as many aspects as I can you know but then if the, if you're trying to do it then then you're bad because you're not allowing God to take his place in your life and no wonder you're a big mess and it's like Guys, guys, bro, just stop. 
Stop trying to shame me and guilt me into what? Like psychologically playing word games, semantically, you know, flipping things around. So, oh, okay, yeah. Um, I don't try to do things on my own power, but I do with God's power. And it's like, come on. I know some of you out there, you want to message me and like, oh, I know he told me he doesn't want to argue. I don't want to argue. Like, does that even... You're telling me that I got to let go of my power. Now, you're talking about literally or metaphorically. Okay? Literally let go of my power and my will to live and pursue certain things in my life. I want to pursue Christ and the way that Christ lived and in the Christ life as it has been shown and presented in the Bible. Are you telling me to literally let go of my power to pursue that and let God? Like, what does that even mean? Or is it metaphorically let go? Now watch out when you say metaphorically because then you're getting into getting into a whole different thing. Because if it is about metaphors, then I guess metaphors hold a lot of weight, don't they? Or do they not? So let me just leave it there because there's really no answer for that, for this issue that I just raised. There's no real answer for that because everyone has their own. And so here's my opinion. Okay. I think it's a lot of wordplay. And I think in many ways it's almost like therapy. And Christianity over the years, people have been able to craft it and, and, you know, just collectively, you know, minds have thought similarly and it has just become this way. It's sad. But it's like, yeah, you know, like it came to the point where they're like, it's it's literally when they say that kind of stuff in churches and so that it's literally like in Bible studies too. They're pointing at you and saying, why are you even trying Right? Am I right? <laughs> it's literally, they're saying, why are you trying to live your life on your own? And I'm like, excuse me? Are we talking in a spiritual sense? Because even in a spiritual sense, yeah. Why not? What do you mean? <laughs> and so, and I'm not trying to be like weird or sarcastic or cynical or anything, but that's a real thing. Am I, am I not right? And that's one of those small things that we don't even think about. People who work in churches, people who have been going to churches a long time, people who have been saying those kind of things to people. If you are listening to me and you have been saying that kind of stuff to people, what are you trying to do, bro? Are you kidding me? You're living your life out of your own power. How dare you tell someone else not to do that? To think and, and switch their mind frame to... Oh, let God do the, put it in God's hand. Give me a break. As a pastor, when I say that to people, I'm just like, oh gosh, 
That's why I stopped doing that. How dare I do that to people? Who am I to tell someone to stop living their life out of their own power and do it under God's power? That's not the right way to say it. I know you're not trying to say it that way. So why say it that way? How else should we say it? I don't know, but not that way. Obviously, you, if you're trying to say it that way to people, you have not put in enough time or effort or thought into it. Maybe if you did, maybe you can get somewhere by now. Rant over. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but those are the things that I'm talking about, all right? Please uh, stay tuned for my next episode. We'll just continue on with this, all right? But let's go into our Bible study. Let's do that. How about that? Bible study. I want to study the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark. If, if that's okay with everyone, it is the shortest gospel. And um, I like it because it's short. All right, here we go. Gospel of Mark. I'm using Bible Gateway. And I'm sorry, everyone, but I am using the NRSV. Yeah, get mad at me, but I don't like the fact that people are so lazy. Ugh, just get over it. Just stop being lazy. What I mean by that, you know what the NRSV does, right? It basically delineates gender. And I'm not one of those people. I'm not a social justice warrior, please. I went through a phase, kind of, and I hated myself. But it's not about that. But it's like literally, if you're talking in the Bible and saying all men, and you're like, yeah, all men, they, they mean all men and women. Yeah. We as Christians know that because we have been told that our whole life. But is this Bible only for us Christians? No. So let people who are not of that culture, instead of, oh yeah, they'll learn it over time. No. If it means men and women, let them say it, men and women. So that's what the, it addresses. I, I love that about the NRSV. It's one of the two Bibles that they recommend in United Methodist Church, the ESV and the NRSV. So I love it. Here we go. Mark chapter one. I hope you're following me. If you're following me with a different version, that'll be great. Why don't you message me with things that you find, maybe words that were different, verses that were different, and let's have a little chat. And maybe if it's intriguing or very interesting enough, I'll talk about it in my next podcast, right? All right, here we go. Mark chapter one. Um, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. 
Verse 9, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you who I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tended by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he, would cr and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him, crying with a loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed. They kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was very, well, still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that what I came out to do, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. A leper came to him, begging him and kneeling. He said to him, If you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose. Be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the word so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out, but stayed out 
in the country, and people came to him from every quarter. That's chapter one of Mark. That is a lot. Now, this isn't quite the same Bible study that you might be used to. We're not going to go through everything because I am definitely not. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of time. Okay. So instead of going through these like, oh, let's see what this is about, because I believe you can all do that on your own. Let's just see what's more most interesting to me. Because once again, hey, look, I'm not here to teach you much. I'm not here to make you believe anything else. It's a show. So what am I interested in, right? There's a lot of things that stood out right here. Message me, please, if something uh, if something popped out to you, all right? Immediately as I started reading, the one thing that really stood out was he was drove out into the wilderness, tempted by Satan. Oh gosh, Satan is such a big topic. It's funny how Satan, it was a word. And by the time you get to the New Testament, becomes a character. Hmm, right? Isn't that interesting? And just do the research on what I just said. It starts as a word in the Hebrew language. I mean, no, you know what? It starts as a character, right? In Job. But even before Job, like in Chronicles or something, like it's like it, it stands for being an, an adversary, a Satan, right? So it was like, it, it was like, um, it describes someone, right? And then it became like a character in Job. And I believe like in Zechariah or Zephaniah, something happened and there's another Satan or something. I don't know. And then by the time you get to the Gospels, you're like, oh, Satan's a person. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, last thing, we're running out of time. So um, I don't want to just keep everyone waiting too long. Uh, the second thing that was really interesting to me is because of my background in as a Pentecostal. Um of course, it was the guy with the unclean spirit, you know, uh, verse, verse 25, right? No, no, no. Um, verse 23, just then there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out. Here's the voice. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. That was some of my voiceover talent. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed. And they kept on asking one another, well, What is this? A new teaching? With authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. So what, what is this all about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that something? 
Why did I think it was interesting? Because I grew up a Pentecostal Christian. If you're a Pentecostal Christian, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're not, you know, you can just YouTube Pentecostal. Um, I have never done this, but you try Pentecostal spiritual gifts. And then the the craziest thing, and I actually seen some of this. Try researching Pentecostal Toronto blessing barking. Yes, you heard me, barking. Dogs barking. There was a movement, I believe like in the 90s or so, a Pentecostal movement went in, in the Toronto area. People took it to a different level. And they started in their prayer meetings. They Everyone was kind of in the spiritual high. Everyone's kind of speaking in tongues. Everything's going on like, you know, all eight cylinders are pumping. And just people started clucking like chickens. Barking like dogs, laughing, right? Laughing because they read in Ephesians, you know, be drunk in the Holy Spirit. Okay, drunk. I don't know how it happened, but I was in some of these sermons, some of these uh, Sunday messages, and they kind of said, oh, yeah, it says drunk in the Spirit. You know what happens when you drink? You laugh. And they literally did that in front of me, in front of the whole congregation, started laughing. And like you would see sporadic people laughing in the audience. You're like, what is happening? Is this really the movement of the Holy Spirit? And you're just, wow, it is a trip growing up Pentecostal. Oh my goodness. I don't have a lot of time. So those were um, just some of the more interesting parts of the book of Mark chapter 1. Also the, the leper that was cleansed by Jesus that did not obey Jesus. Isn't that interesting? We'll leave it at that. Hey, it's been great just spilling my brains out to everyone on my first episode. If you have stuck with me this whole way through and have gone through the Bible study and everything at the end, hey, feel free to message me. Let me know how you feel about my podcast. Um, if you have any suggestions, not that I'm going to do it, but I'd love to hear what people think, um, how you feel about my thoughts. Um, please don't argue with me, but just I would love to hear your thoughts. If you genuinely want to share your feelings and your thoughts, I don't mind reading them. Um, and if you um, just want to leave me a really good review uh, or just kind of save me, add me to your favorites, that'll be great. And um, let people know about my podcast. That'll be great too. So hope you can listen to me more often. Hope I can record more often and hope your commute or your workout or your, you know, whatever your time you're listening to me, it has been filled with something beneficial. And um, if not, I hope my voice was able to put you to sleep. Thank you so much. If you have any questions, comments, anything you want to write to me at, you can feel free to email me anytime at manifestchristianity at gmail.com. All right? Hey, everyone. Thanks so much. I will be back next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Manifest Christianity with Cephas Crosslit.